This is the old imagery of killing the king that was, which is us, and raising to walk in a newness of life where right. God is so king. So dying to the false king that yes. you think you are and coming up as a vice regent. Come on, somebody. Welcome, you're connected with Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode number 49. The horizon we're questing after is that Jesus knows how life works best in the now, and the future is not only his, it's starting to show up in our present. We've just put a wrap on our Advent series. We encourage you to explore those episodes, kingdom dynamics from the narratives in Matthew and Luke around the birth of Jesus Christ And the powerful thing is that these dynamics are available and relevant to us 24-7, 365. Shortly before that series, I sat down with Matt Raines in a coffee shop. We had a great discussion about the five acts of God's story. This is framed by perhaps the most renowned New Testament scholar today, N.T. Wright. Can I be honest with you? I don't think we can undervalue the power of ideas and narratives that shape our lives and shape societies and nations. Now, if we're honest, our lives are very hectic. There's too much bombing our senses and it's difficult. It can be difficult to be conscious of and connect with the grand story that's unfolding, the story of God. It's really the dream of God, all things being made new, the restoration of all things. And that makes me sad and it makes me mad. And I want to be glad. Uh, Did you catch that poetry there? I want to be glad by accessing the story of God, living in it and doing my part to invite others into it as well. I want to be part of something bigger than myself, something that God has his action on, something that he's building. It's a big story. And I'm convinced that our life story is at its best as we begin to seek to harmonize our story with that story. You can catch the first part of this conversation in episode number 41. It's called Understand the Kingdom Story, Acts 1 to 5, Find Your Place. I told Matt that this second part is maybe 4x the first part of the conversation. I really encourage you to listen through it. Tell me what you think about our discussion. Your feedback is always welcome. We're calling this one, We Are Resurrected Now as Vice Regents of the True Kingdom. Here's Matt Raines. This idea that we're bringing the kingdom of God, or we're manifesting the kingdom of God, not bringing, that's his job, but manifesting the kingdom of God uh, in our day, and the um, rediscovery of it is so important. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's crucial. Um, in fact, I think it avoids the sort of escapism that takes place a lot of times that yeah. not only do we struggle with this idea that it's sin management, we also struggle with this idea that, well, I've heard people say that, you know, Peter says this whole place is just going to burn up. So why do I care about the stewardship of the earth or why should I care about this or that? Um, cause it's all going, you know, it's all going to burn one day. Um, well, the idea of a restoring kingdom kind of sets that on its head and says, no, you do need to care about that. You do need to care about kingdom ethics. Yeah. This is our father's world. That's right? right. Right now. This is our father's world right now. And yes, there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth, but it is going to be the same earth. Yeah. Just renewed, right? Absolutely. 
And, and so just what about that? Sort of a sidebar, but we've had this idea about heaven. We've had these very ethereal ideas right. about heaven. So fuzzy, we don't even know what it is. Yep. I think uh, John Eldridge from Ransom Heart says that our conception of heaven has been a hybrid of a a nursing home and a church service, an eternal church service. <laughs> Both of which do not sound that apple- uh, appealing, to be honest with you. I know. Try to tell it to a young adult. In fact, try try to tell it to an older adult who wants to make an impact and leave a legacy and and, and you know and and, and do their thing. It just doesn't resonate, does That's it? That's right. Um, who wants to, who wants to do that? Uh, so yes. So and it, it it seems that you know Randy Alcorn, his book on heaven, uh, even N.T. Wright writes on this. John Eldridge yep. um, that. Our ideas about the new heavens and the new earth we've been have been insufficient. Yeah, we're going to be involved in the yeah. creative enterprise of Christ, right? Still Absolutely. as vice regents and creatively uh, expressing ourselves and our, our identity. So the um, end's a new beginning, right? Yeah, the new heavens and the new earth. So I I think we need a little work there on our understanding about what that state is going to be. Re- really, the current state of heaven as it is now. Those who have preceded us and fallen asleep in the Lord is really a temporary state. Absolutely. It's all, Revelation 21 and 22, it's all coming back. That's right. Right? The new Jerusalem. Even after Peter says this place is going to burn up, he says, then comes from heaven a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. So So this mergence of heaven and earth. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, like you said, our our understanding of heaven is, is... it's been challenging because a lot of it has grown out of this sort of platonic thinking about what is material, what is in, and, and what is spirit, what is good, what is bad. Okay. You know, early Gnosticism uh, played okay. with that a little bit. So just talk on that for a second. What is it? Matters bad. Yeah, essentially. The physical is evil. Yeah, essentially the those those categories uh, arose out of out of Plato's thinking. He's like 400 BC or so. Um, and uh, this this notion that the spiritual world is good. Um, and the material world is bad. And so uh, extrapolate that. I mean, even if you look at the early church fathers, right, their their heavenly influence, uh, at least the Western church fathers, by by Platonism. And so from that, (laughs) roll the story script forward quite a bit, um, you have the idea that heaven is this non-material place. This is where, you know, you float into the clouds and you become Casper and... <laughs> Your harp. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Bugs Bunny goes there all the time in the cartoons, <laughs> I've noticed. Um, but, you know, that's just not the, the portrait of, of, of heaven that we have in Scripture. The portrait of heaven, uh, as you've mentioned in Revelations 21. And so uh, is, you know, it's, I would say it's kind of the act six of the story, right? The return of the king. Uh, what we come back to is a renewed earth renewed purpose um, and the difference is of course is that now everyone who's there at least major- the vast majority of humanity that's there has chosen to be there uh, which is a fascinating uh, a fascinating sort of difference between uh, the mm. first kingdom Adam and Eve had the ability to leave they didn't have the ability to choose to be created Okay. in the second story we choose Jesus as king. We choose to come under his kingship. Again. And I wonder if there's something in that that allows us to resist the temptation. Uh, or maybe it's the answer to the temptation of, hey, would you take this fruit? It'll make you like God. Um, we have the entirety store, entire store of humanity to tell us it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's it never work. work. It won't work. It'll never work. Yeah. Now, do you feel that this understanding, this kingdom hermeneutic, 
if you will, this, this, this approach to Scripture as a grand narrative, a grand story, not just reading little chunks and bits, you know, and pieces. Yeah. We come up with lists and regulations and sure. legalism and, you know, whatever, but seeing it as a grand narrative that we're swept up into with our personal life story, right? right. Do, you, do you feel that there's something innately within the human being to be connected with a larger entity, a larger thing? Absolutely. A larger story. Absolutely. I think we are designed that way. Um, there's a guy named uh, Joseph Campbell who speaks about the, um, the hero's journey. Okay. Um, now, now, who is he? He's a Canadian yeah, he's professor? A, uh, is professor. He? I believe he's an anthropologist. Okay. Um, but he's also a narrative guy. Yeah. And he went around this. The, the quick story of him is he, he went around recording yeah. narratives from around the world. And notice that there seems to be this common pattern to the way people write their stories. Um, now, he was a critic, and many critics of Christianity have said that that just is evidence of humanity or Christianity's or origin um, to mm. create stories to help understand So what is the hero's themselves. journey? What's, what's the shorthand for that? Oh, good question. Well, there's a lot of steps to that. But essentially, the hero's journey um, in real, real short form is... Um, uh, the status quo. Uh, there's a hero called from the status quo. There's an issue. Okay. He goes on a journey. Um, he finds assistance along the way. Um, he he's developed as a character. Ultimately, he enters uh, a moment of great crisis where um, where usually uh, he dies and some kind of uh, resurrection takes place. Uh, upon which he's granted. Um, He's granted the elixir of life, as it were, uh, and he's allowed to go back and change the problem of the original uh, status quo. All right. All right. So that, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but that's that's basically that's a the... So it's a story of like restoration, redemption, yeah, victory, absolutely. changing the status quo. Absolutely. And, and what has he done? He's, he's a critic of Christianity, you're yes. saying, but he's gone around to civilizations. He, he's an anthropologist, you say? Yes. Studied uh, cultures and societies. He's, he's, he's gone away... Uh, He's looked at various civiliza- uh, civilizations around the world, yep. and he's seen this common pattern That's right. of narrative. Yeah. And did he also look at history? I'm sure he did. I'm I, sure I he don't did, know right? all but the details probably of him, uh, but I do know that uh, what he pointed out is, for some reason, when you crack open this laptop called Humanity, we have this desire, this programming to look for narratives and to write them in a certain way that We're brings significance, for it, as you say. a story of restoration. This is yeah. why all the greatest movies are the Jesus story. It's the s- similar templates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they die. They they they've sacrificed their life. They've yeah. done something amazing. Yeah. Um, I have four daughters, and we have the issue of Hallmark movies in our house, and it's all <laughs> now the the template is different there. It's always the person leaves the big city, they go to the small town, they That's have right. this bad boyfriend or girlfriend in the big city, they find a a, a new one in the small town. Well. You could, that's a little funny sidebar there. Forget it. But yeah, you're, this is a grand narrative, a, a grand story. So now he's a critic, and he would say that Christianity, Judeo-Christianity, borrowed this narrative. Yeah. From the surrounding world. It's just the way social cultures evolve. Okay. Um, but I we're would, saying. Yeah. What do you say about you know, that? I would it's just reversed. say that's that, yeah. It's just the opposite. I, I would say there's a, there's a reason that we all think about the story this way. Yeah. It's because we have a designer. Because we're hardwired for it. We're hardwired for it. We've fallen from our design. From our designer, we've fallen from design. That's right. And we're just hardwired for it. I mean, think about the movie movie, uh, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, that is the the restoration story. Um, And uh, we were drawn to movies and stories like that because uh, the beast is, is... 
is totally redeemed by love, sacrificial love. <laughs> what, why do we like that story so much? Yeah. It's because why it's our it story. Resonate? Why does it sell right? so much? Why is there so much money made on those movies? Because they resonate. We're wired for it. It's how we bring meaning and purpose and direction into our lives. We're advocating that we approach the scriptures in sort of a broad, sweeping reading, right? Right, Matt? That's right. Um, a, a broad, uh, sweeping reading and understanding and, and asking the... Uh, I love the prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, Matt, about Paul's apostolic prayer of... Oh, yeah. Um, pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in mm-hmm. the knowledge of him, Christ. You know, the, the eyes of our understanding being Be lightened, open. that we would know love the that. hope of our calling. That's right. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the That's saints right. and the exceeding power towards those who believe. That's right. So if, if you pray that prayer over yourself fairly consistently and just stick it, stay in the word, this narrative's going to surface for you. Absolutely. And you're going to find your place in it, I believe. Ask the Holy Spirit to locate you and, and help you to find your 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 place in that in that grand narrative. Um, N.T. Wright says, Matt, that the story moves from creation to new creation. What are mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that phrase, creation to new creation? Yeah. Well, I think I think this is the the reference from one garden to the next. Um, the uh, the idea of of a kingdom to a perfected kingdom, uh, from creation to new creation. Yeah. And. Um, because we see the garden emerging again in the book of Revelation, Absolutely. the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's right we, there. We see the gold, the river, all of it's there. It's kingdom language all yeah. over again. Yeah. Um, and what's fascinating about it, too, isn't it interesting that so, uh, at least in, in the case of uh, one of the sacraments that, that churches use, baptism, mm-hmm. isn't that a fascinating connection that we are testifying to the new creation? When when we are baptized in the Christ, okay, uh, there's a there's a new creation yes uh, metaphor message being being communicated right that no longer are we king we're we're following Jesus as king this is why Paul I think in Romans after he's preaching grace so hard, so heavily people begin to misunderstand him that if grace shows off the righteousness of God then why not sin. And he calls them back to that moment of baptism because it was this moment where they did more than just sin, uh, more than just sin management. Right. Uh, they identified. You're, you're saying that grace is more than just remedial. Yes. But it's empowerment. That's right. To live according to design, right? That's right. It's, it's, it's a restoration. Dying to self. This is the old imagery of killing the king that was, which is us, yeah. and Coming raising up. to walk in a newness of life right. where God so is king. So dying to the false king that you think yes. you are... And coming up as a vice regent. Yes. Come on, somebody. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> now, what about the church? N.T. Wright talks about the church because we're still talking about Act 5, the right. church and the kingdom. But you're saying there's an Act 6, again, which yeah. is what? The new heavens and new earth? The, yeah. The full restoration, um, as, as yeah. you see I, I don't even presume to add upon uh, <laughs> Mr. <gonna> Wright's <laughs> work here. But I do think there's wisdom in, in, in recognizing that uh, this is a now but not yet. But there will be one day. A fulfillment of that, and uh, I call it Act Six, the return of the King. And um, you may see Act Five as Act Five as open to include that, yeah, but, but I think your Act Six is helpful. Yeah. Um, but about the church, then he yeah. sees the church as being uh, four elements: the Word, prayer, the sacraments, which you mentioned. One of them, right. water baptism. Yeah. I suppose the other sacrament, uh, mm-hmm. as an Anglican, would, would be the Eucharist or yeah. communion. Yeah. And um, if you're in a Roman Catholic tradition, you probably probably see seven sacraments. Sure. But 
at least those two, and then uh, the fourth element being mission or service, especially to the poor. Right. And he's saying that when those four dynamics are operating in your life, that, that you're going to uh, be swept up into the grand narrative. That's I, right. I would put it that way. That's right. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think you're right. And I think understanding kingdom ethics means um, means a, a, a resurgence of, uh, I mean, I use this term delicately because it's it, it can be uh, a triggering term for many okay um uh, a resurgence of social justice okay um i felt mildly tri- i felt mildly triggered but go right ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's just this whole reaction to i want to hang with you go ahead right there's this whole reaction to uh social justice nowadays as a a political a political pawn and it's sad because the work of kingdom has always been the work of doing justice uh, yeah. Leveling the the high places and raising the low places. And yeah, there is a, there is a Christ ethic, absolutely, right? <laughs> and it includes the poor. It includes absolutely. the those who are without. I mean, the story of Israel is an example of of a, of a people called to care for the poor and literally on the fringes of their fields, right? The fringes of society, um, and they so, were to allow them what to. to yeah, they're coming right. to glean, glean from the edges of the, of the fields. Of there crops. was a there was a, there was a place made for the poor, a place made for um, uh, the removal of debts. You know, the the jubilee, the principle of jubilee. Uh, now, absolutely, what is that? Every fifty years, right? Yeah, every there was this grand jubilee. Interestingly enough, um, there are many people who who have said that that didn't happen nearly as effectively as it should have in Israel's story. I think that's the case. And I would say we struggle with it today. Um, This is back to the point of the church today. Um, If the gospel is sin management, then the best thing we can do is create a fortress where sin can't be a part of it. But if the gospel is God being king, uh, we're not, then we're called to implement kingdom ethics, not just in the building, not just in our tribe, but in our neighborhood and our, in our, um, in fact, I would say a real simple paradigm for understanding what church should be doing is to understand the leadership strength, the, the, con- or the, con- the, um, congregation's resources and strengths and the commu- community's weaknesses. And somewhere in the middle of that, like a Venn diagram, that's a sweet what, spot, that's right? right. Just William Mancini in Church Unique uh, uses that paradigm, and it's beautiful because it, it recasts the vision and mission of church from simply the you know the capsule that we're using to get to heaven <laughs> to the launching point of kingdom ethics in in the world, uh, and and on especially for those on the fringes of society. Friend, just wanted to pull away from our conversation for just a moment. We'll get right back to it. As we continue, we'll see the gospel is not just a capsule to get us to heaven, and the ecclesia of the church is a microcosm. It's a foretaste, a precursor of the new heavens and the new earth to come. Exciting stuff. All of this has big-time implications for our spiritual development as we're being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and it really has implications for our place in our Father's world as an individual and also together in a body of Christ followers. You can go to the show notes page for this episode on JesusSmart.com. Sign up to receive a free weekly email for next level ideas and practice to advance us 
to take us further as a Christ follower. Plus, you'll stay in touch with new episodes and other resources on the way. Now, let's get back to Matt Raines. Jesus used Jubilee language, I think, in quoting from Isaiah yeah. when, he, when he quoted from Isaiah and said, Today, this has been fulfilled, that mm-hmm. messianic passage. This has been fulfilled in your midst in, in um, the Jubilee language of the poor, freedom of release of the captives. And so Jubilee every 50 years was meant to be an economic reset. Right. Um, if you had families that were like in, in debt that they could not get out of. And understand that debt in that day was a bigger deal than it is oh, today. Yeah. I mean, debt, there was no bankruptcy. There was no, Right. I mean, you could be sold. You could be, you That's know, right. your creditors could come and take, to take you and your children. And so it, 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 all the assets were returned to the original families again every 50 years. It just shows something of the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Now, draw a distinction, Matt, because we were discussing um, uh, earlier in a previous conversation uh, the difference between that and socialism right. or communism. Well, great further. question. Um, or great, uh, this is a great, uh, great subject because, um, you know, I, I shared earlier, my, my son had a, a conversation with one of his buddies, and they were talking about... How, how positive some of the aspects of of socialism and communism could be the mm-hmm. sharing of goods the um the the care the equal treatment to everybody that it claims to have this ideal well obviously uh those those fail um they're they're the governance of men um and yeah, you end up with a tiny elite class absolutely. that controls everything and then the masses um, are just the greatest suppressed. the greatest rebuke to any of those things is just to see what happened in history when it was tried and it always leads to uh, atrocities the powerful get more powerful and so on and so forth Um, but what I wanted to do is share with my son that a lot of times our desire for equal treatment our desire for everyone having adequate resources and our desire for everyone uh, finding peace and health and access um, that is that's sort of the echo of 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 Eden, the echo of of what was intended. Yeah. Um, the echo, a sense of justice, a sense of justice, and righteousness. That's right. Equi- equity, if you will. Yeah, um, it, it is a longing for the end of the story, uh, an uh, echo from the past yeah. of what God intended, and a and a longing for the end of the story when all things are made right. I think N.T. Wright uses the word "all things are put to rights." Right? I love that because that's put to um, rights, you say. that everything is eventually put to right, and that, that's what we see in, in Revelation twenty-one and twenty-two. No more tears. There's access, yeah. resource, everything people need. Um, so we shouldn't overtly be uh, reactive when we hear people long for the ideals of the kingdom of God, mm. but we should also be able to say. You're not looking for communism. What you're really looking for is the kingdom of God, where we have a, a king who's benevolent. And Now, wasn't the ecclesia, the, the Christian community, meant to be sort of a microcosm sure. of the, the, the new heavens and the new earth? And so we see, like in the early church, yeah. in the book of Acts, we do see incredible sharing. Yeah. It wasn't socialism or right. communism, which right. some have said. No, it wasn't. They were still it was a property. voluntary... Mm-hmm give with a cheerful heart and, and a, you know Paul even said I think in Corinthians that at this time your abundance being a supply for their need later on their abundance might be a supply for your need so that's right what do you think about that the church yeah. the ecclesia as a as a uh, precursor absolutely a microcosm absolutely. of the new heavens and the new earth to come 
Absolutely. I, I think um, I think it's it's healthy to to acknowledge that the kingdom of God is bigger than the local church um, because uh, sectarianism is really easy to fall into. Okay. Uh, so, so I would say that <laughs> that's a safeguard against sectarianism. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I would see. Uh, the kingdom, but just as just as we're not kings, we're ambassadors. I think the the church is sort of uh, a consulate, um, or a, um, yeah, a, a temporary, not temporary. How would I say that? Um, a witness, a witness. Uh, uh, it manifests the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, I, I think sometimes we we've overjuiced the notion of of the assembly of of the church. Uh, because it brings significance to us, and and I understand that. Uh, but <laughs> what do you I mean say, we've overjuiced it. What's well, that mean? Well, I just I feel like I feel like uh, part of the tradition I'm from. We made it too uh, much. Some of the, the sectarian yeah. uh, tendencies was to equate kingdom with church, and offer that church as a way into the kingdom of God, uh, and, and in so doing, we transplant uh, Jesus for for church. And, um, and so it became the gospel of, of church instead of the gospel of, of, wow. of grace. And uh, a lot of churches do this. Um, have high, high, high church forms are, are especially um, prone to this sort of, this sort of uh, dynamic. Okay, okay. So, um, <laughs> I just feel like it's healthy to have this notion that the kingdom is manifested by these local communities um, rather than just the, the summation of it. Um, and the kingdom is bigger than the church, you're saying? Absolutely. That's why, that's why in a local area you have a lot of different churches with different names, but they're all tribes in the same kingdom. Right. Um, if every one of those churches began to say that they were the they were the kingdom of God, then um, what does that say about the rest of them? So it's, which, you, which happens you know, by inference and, and sometimes more directly, man. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> that's right. Wow. So, this is some gold here right here. This is I mean, this to understand that the kingdom is bigger than the church. That's and yet right. the kingdom flows through healthy church expressions. And a, a communities of faith or ecclesia, to use the New Testament word, are precursors or communities of faith that are a witness of that age which is to come. And so there should be a sense of uh, justice with widows, with Absolutely. the poor, with orphans, with economic issues. Um, this is what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think anyone who recognizes the gospel of God, the, the grace of God, that they in terms of their righteousness were poor and have been made rich by Jesus should have an inert sort of compassion for the poor. Should be. You know, I'm, I was thinking pre previous to our conversation today, Matt, about Paul's statement, I think, in the book of Galatians. You, you referenced Galatians earlier when he, went, when he met for the first time, I think, with Peter and James and John in Jerusalem and they had this important meeting, and um, and then uh, he says there, uh, they only encouraged me to re to remember the poor, right? Which I was very huh? eager to do. Yeah, and that just shows you the early DNA of the church. Yes. That that emphasis on that. That's awesome. Um, that, that is good. But so, like Hebrews six five, Matt says um, that you know we partake of the Holy Spirit, we partake of the good Word of God, and we taste the powers of the age which is to come. That's right. So 
do you agree that as individuals and especially as corporate communities of faith, that we are to be tasting the powers of the age which is to come? Absolutely. Absolutely. The traits of it, the, the characteristics of it, the life of it. That's right? right. Absolutely. I mean, the Holy Spirit, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you not talk about the Holy Spirit in, in this, you know? Um, um, the, 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 the presence of God, right, is supposed to be manifest in our assemblies, um, the presence of our King, right? Yeah. And, um, and what the Spirit can accomplish through, through people who allow Jesus to be Lord is, is phenomenal, um, is phenomenal. We, I just read a post from a friend of mine today about how the nuns have, uh, have sort of have the desire to be a part of something bigger than themselves, great societal change, so on and so forth, but they're no longer looking to faith-based groups to accomplish that. Many of them are turning to politics and to mm. uh, other forms of, of governance mm-hmm. to, to, okay. to find significance. And I just thought that was, I just read that before we came in today, and I just thought that's testimony to the fact that, A, we're all built for that narrative that okay. we talked about earlier. Yep. And if we as a community of faith, as people who proclaim the gospel, don't, don't do a good a job of of communicating kingdom and kingdom ethics, yeah. our young people will find it somewhere else. Yeah. Millennials are especially attuned yeah. to this, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. These, these issues of justice and... Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, we're built for it. We, we know that we're, you know, uh, what does the old song say? It's not even an old song anymore. Uh, we were meant to live for something more. It's one of the contemporary uh, Christian songs. Um, and uh, I think it's fascinating. So, But, you know, it has Im- implications beyond mission has implications within the life of uh, spiritual development, you know, our, our mm. disciplines and understanding our devotion with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's one of the areas I think that needs to be explored a little bit more uh, uh, by people who are much smarter than I am. And, and that is the, uh, the implications of understanding God is king in the life of spiritual disciplines and, and all these things. So really bringing the lordship or the kingship of Christ, obviously into the chambers of your heart, if you will, your right. own interior right. life, and, and, and in, in your family dynamics, your relationships, right. your marriage, your parenting, your finances, your sense of uh, well-being, your work, right? Right. your career. Jesus Smart, I think, is a, a, a friend of mine had uh, has a, a publication called Jesus Smart, which <laughs> kind of does, I mean, it, it's basically rooted in that dynamic, you know? The humble um, attempt with JesusSmart.com yeah. is to, a lot of people like Jesus and don't like the church. So it's reaching to that, but it's also reaching to people in the church. But the, Jesus knows, here's my little tagline I've developed, and it, and it constantly evolves. You tell me what you think. That Jesus knows how life works best now, plus the future belongs to him. That's right. But here's the incredible news. It's already showing up in the present. That's right. <laughs> so that's, that's my rather long tagline right now. But um, man, man, I appreciate this. I enjoy the conversations. I think that content conversations can be catalyst for prayer initiatives, uh, mission initiatives, you know, oh, yeah. mobilizing people to, as you say, their own spirituality, to begin to see their own 
spirituality in terms of this grand narrative? I mean, how important absolutely. is that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a book uh, yes, called recommend that book. Living God's that? Love. It's an invitation to Christian spirituality. It's written by Gary Holloway and Earl Lavender. And uh, it's an introduction to the spiritual disciplines, but it's specifically focused for people who are uh, unchurched. Um, okay. Very postmodern. Excellent. Um, and it, it begins with a very orienting first chapter about mm. needing to uh, uh, basically not denying the fact that there is truth in a lot of different uh, places. Uh, that Christianity isn't a claim that there isn't truth in any other way. Mm-hmm. But that the truth that is going to build a relationship with God is found in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then in the second chapter, it says if you're going to know who Jesus is, like we do with our own personal relationships, you have to get to know their story. And so understanding the, the work of God and the five-act play as N.T. Wright or six-act play is the telling of his narrative. It's the telling of his story. Not just the moment he shows up uh, in, in the fourth act. But in its yeah, totality, it's kind of like we show up in a movie thirty minutes in, right? You know? Right. I mean, you can still fall in love with Jesus in the Gospels. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but understanding the whole narrative uh, allows us to um, to build a personal relationship with God as King. I love that. Not just yeah. as our older brother, right. which is they're both very important because our older brother is King, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the yeah. uh, the, the beauty of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's more than just the sacrificial lamb, but the king. And we'll include this book on the show notes page. And then what what good first book would you recommend for N.T. Wright, for like a 101 mm. or a primer? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, he I'll be honest so with you, I'm kind of a hack when it comes to, to theology. Uh, so, I mean, I like the books, but I, there's a lot of good videos out there where he explains uh, the six-act or the five-act play yeah. as he talks about it. We'll drop some videos on the show notes um, page too then. Absolutely. Um, there's a book called The Last Word, uh, Beyond the Bible Wars to a New Understanding of Authority of Scripture. Okay. Uh, beautiful little uh, treatment of uh, the five-act hermeneutic. Come on, man. You, um, listen, then, listeners, you got to get serious about this, man. You, you, you cannot have a pop feel to your faith and do this. You, right. You, you got to take it seriously and to reap the full benefits of this. That's right. And I it'll pay it. dividends on your Bible study too. Mm. Uh, just understanding the, the, mm. the six act play. Yeah. It pay dividends just into yeah. uh, effectively understanding scripture. Yeah. I mean, I want to encourage you that, you know, just as the Lord doesn't want you to like show up to a movie 30 minutes late and not understand the full story he's telling he also doesn't want you to show up in your life. Sometimes our life feels that way, like, right. we're, like we're 20 minutes into a movie. <laughs> we, can't, we can't get the context. We don't, we're we're right. disoriented. We, can't, we don't know where the story's at. So he'll show you the full story of your life as well yes. and how it fits in Absolutely. to this grander narrative. That is the hope. Absolutely. Wow. Man, I really appreciate this, man. This yeah, is tremendous, tremendous stuff. And um, share this with people that you know are ready for this content like this at the right time can make all the difference you go to the show notes page we'll have these books we'll have some videos there we'll have links to matt and his life and his ministry and um appreciate you matt really do all right appreciate you too thank you all right god bless bye-bye My friend, we're born the first time as a a false king, if we could put it that way, a false king in a counterfeit kingdom. As we're born again, this time for the royal story, the kingdom of God, and now we are born as vice regents of the true kingdom. 
Thank you, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast on iTunes and other major podcast apps like Stitcher, Podbean, and others. It's also on Spotify and YouTube. This helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit, plus it keeps you connected with episodes as they become available. Hey, would you consider grabbing a screenshot of this episode and sharing it on your social media? You know, one of the things about learning new things, and I'm learning with you in every episode, and I'm, I'm a lifelong learner, I'm always seeking to learn, is that we learn faster and it's more deeply imprinted as we share it with others. Maybe even kick up some conversations with others around some of these ideas. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. Leave thoughts and questions there. There's a contact page to reach out. And you're going to find additional resources there on today's show notes page to dive deeper with this theme, some YouTube videos with N.T. Wright, as well as a recommended book or two to go further. Plus, you can sign up to receive that free weekly email for Next Level Ideas and uh, Kingdom Practice to further us along as a Christ follower and help us to go deeper into our life story. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is smart. It's a royal narrative. Make it a smart week. And all the best until next time.